All right, all right, all right, and we are live. Yo, 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 tell me what you know. Welcome to the Sunshine Show. Woo! Y'all already know we're going to have a real good time tonight. I have such a special treat for you this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever in the world you may roam, because that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are worldwide here on the Sunshine Show. I have the one and only. The most amazing, the most phenomenal, the most fabulous, the most Bowie of them all. I have White Al of Butterbrain all the way from New York City in the house. What's up, Aaron? How you doing? What's going on, sunshine? Hey. <laughs> it's been a minute since the last time that we caught up, so I'm so excited to have you here again tonight. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Anytime. What have you been up to? What's the weather like over there? Well, as you can see, I'm dressed uh, cold. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay, keep my, uh, I'm shaking a, a cold, so I'm trying to stay uh, nice and toasty for uh, all the upcoming stuff we got going on. Make sure I'm, uh, I'm nice and sweaty and getting everything out. And I'm, I can't wait to get out of New York and go to Florida. It's good to detox, you know. It's good to detox. <laughs> get it all out. You're giving me some. Uh, That's a fact. What's the guy from Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, Pedro, when he shaves his head and then he just sits there with his like little hoodie on. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I want to do a Pedro tonight. Yeah, do a Pedro, boy. You got I, 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 I do have an unveiling later. I have a special uh, a shirt that was gifted, gifted to me by a mutual friend of ours that I have to unleash. Oh, shit. You guys got to stick around for the ultimate reveal. Why else go get nudie for us tonight? Funny, <laughs> see, after Doug, y'all already know how this works. Um, <laughs> so what have you been up to today? Just kind of kicking it or what? Yeah, you know, uh, this whole week has been kind of uh, chaotic. We're, 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 um, we we released the, the Sapiosexual album um, on Valentine's Day a couple of weeks ago, and we have a, a record release party coming up here in New York City. Okay. At the Bowery Electric on Saturday, March 4th. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And then uh, we got a little listening party going on, like pre-show, with, uh, you know, fr uh, immediate friends, well, whoever wants to come, really. But um, And then uh, uh, the following week, we go out to Florida for a show in Miami on March 10th, Friday, March 10th. Oh, you're just gonna go right into it. Okay, let's go. What else I you mean, got? To play? <laughs> but you know, since we're all on the Pedro mode and shit, <laughs> am I allowed to curse you? I forgot. Absolutely, um, you can fucking cuss. This is your show, baby. I'm just here for it. All right. You are <laughs> the, I am the Napoleon dynamite me, to your Pedro. Let me, let me you get know? this Pedro shit off the I am, I am the Napoleon dynamite to your Pedro. Okay? Oh man, I love that. <laughs> you, you are a special but for, I I've told you before sunshine is is my the, what I use for inspiration in life even though I'm, it's cold out here in New York I'm uh I'm I'm a son the, I the, the sun is my god I'm 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 a sun child so I'm a beach baby and uh you know uh I I, I love swimming surfing and you know I think I think I have a my my dad was from Long Beach California so I think I got a little bit of that Cali blood in me uh, I think so. Uh, do you know who the famous Brazilian bassist Junior Groovador is? You, you do. You do say yes. Yes, yeah, yes. Junior Groovador. Perfect. <laughs> All right. He's one of my favorites. I absolutely love him. And when he came on the show, he actually said that we're the Sunsharians. 
Yes. And I love that. I was like, absolutely. I am your Shuncharian all day long, Junior Groovador. All right, Don, that is your uh, cue to tag Junior Groovador there in the comment section. All right, guys, let's check out this chat really quick. We got some people here to hang out. We'll have many more funneling in. Make sure to share yeah. this feed. Uh, we got Paul Tar from Colorado. Paul, Paul, I love you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Please send your family all the love. We got Mama Cantu in the house all the way from South Texas. Uh -oh. <laughs> What's that? Mama says, the package is in the mail, Dawn. Uh, she loves you. Okay, so Aaron, you may not know, but Donovan, who you met previously before we went live, he yeah. actually lives in my basement. I have him locked down there with plenty of locks. Um, <laughs> and he has to stay down there and do all my social media. And if he doesn't, I get really upset. So mom's always trying to send him packages. <laughs> and, I, you know, Winston always gets the packages and eats all the food. So poor Donovan is left with, like, condiments and things like this. But just so is you're caught up. Is it a Pulp, pulp Fiction Gimp situation? <laughs> Well, we haven't gone that far yet, but I see Donovan shaking his head yes down there at backstage. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. First question's coming in from Mama Cantu. She wants to know, when did you start playing music? At a very early age. Um, my mom, uh, I grew up with music in the household. My mom and dad were kind of like coffee house players, like not hippies, but like folk music, uh, you know, acoustic guitar, Bob Dylan type, uh, you know, uh, players. And like semi-professionally, so they, they used to do like coffee house gigs. And so I grew up with a, a piano and a guitar in the house. And my mom uh, forced me to take piano, classical piano lessons at like five years old, which, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I hated, but, you know, uh, you know, what wasn't really my cup of tea, but, but I, it, it really gave me a backbone to, for, for playing other instruments later. Um, you know, I play a little bit of everything, but, you know, bass guitar is kind of where I found my niche. Where I know I know we meet on that one. And, uh, you know, uh, around the age of like 12, you know, 11, 12, my, my, I had an older brother uh, who was like like five years older than me. And so I, I was taking classical piano lessons. We had a drum set in a small apartment in Queens, New York. And the, the neighbors made us, you know, they were, everybody was complaining. So my brother took up guitar. And he's like, you know, we were starting to listen to metal and, uh, you know, Sabbath and Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. Um, wait, wait, don't they refer to that as the devil's music? So did my mom. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, uh, but it, it was new and exciting back then. Like, you know, it, it, it's not as exciting hearing new metal now nowadays. Well, maybe, maybe depends who it is, but... Um, you know, it, it, it was exciting and, and you know, sure, sure as hell beat playing classical music. So my brother um, said, why don't you pick up a bass? We'll start a band. And uh, the rest is is history. It's all his fault. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you and your brother started a band. Is that the first band that you were ever in? Absolutely. And we we that turned out to be transformed into white trash, which was uh we ended up kind of blowing up locally and signed a, a, a major label deal with Electra. We were kind of lumped in with like the hair band, hair metal bands of the late eighties. Okay. As like um, examples, please. Uh, well, you know, people compared us to like fishbone and the red hot chili peppers. That was the spawn of, of Butterbrain. Um, that was really the, uh, 
you know, uh, Butterbrain kind of spawned from White Trash and contains okay. a few of the original members of White Trash. And it was uh, a, a funk rock band. You know, we, we kind of were in that Faith No More, uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper category, Fishbone category. We, we were a little bit um, uh, uh, genre-less, so we kind of got lost in the shuffle and we signed a major label deal with Electra Records. We had a promising career. Uh, we had like big time management, uh, Q Prime Management, who manages uh, Metallica and uh, a bunch of bunch of other like big acts. And we we signed with them and Electra, which uh, right before the Black Album of Metallica came out. So our career got uh, pretty. What what our album started blowing up, and then Metallica came out. And we got you know uh, thrown under the uh, the bottom of the pile. <laughs> I'm glad you did not say thrown under the bus. Thank yeah. you for not saying that. That would have been a very bad and distasteful joke. And it came straight to my head. And I'm sorry, everybody <laughs> at home about that one. Listen, though. Uh, so how do you feel about Metallica? I mean, do, do you have a disdain for them? I hate Metallica. <laughs> I'm putting the hood back on. <laughs> okay, Pedro. It's okay. <laughs> I I, I never liked them to begin with, to be honest with you. I know it's that's anti, that's against the norm, but uh, I was more into like alternative, uh, you know, uh, more alternative stuff like in the '90s, like '80s, '90s era, and um, and hip hop. I was kind of like a hip hop metal kid, okay. um, so that's kind of that was kind of where my niche was at. Like, uh, you know, grew up with both, and um, uh, Metallica never really did it for me. If, it, if it's heavy music. I'll take Slayer like any day over Metallica. Um, but, um, you know, of course I respect them. But, yes, I have extra disdain because they they derailed the white trash career. I mean, they literally fucked your whole... You and your, whole brother, shit, you and your brother had a whole package deal. You know what, though? Yeah. The best part about this is that you guys are just like... It's top secret, shh, right? So unless they know, they don't know. So now everybody's going to go look at White Trash. We're going to have a resurrection. It's that all going to come cool. back to life. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? We, we, we actually had a mini resurrection right before the uh, the, the pandemic. We, we got invited to do uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise um, with a bunch of like the, the B-level uh, hair metal bands. of Like, they, like there were some great ones on there, like Tesla, Extreme, um, Kicks, who was one of my favorites. Um, uh, who else was on there? Uh, there? There was a bunch, but like Tesla and Extreme were probably like the biggest names. Um, so that was fun. Um, and and we, we did that right before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit and we, we haven't done much with White Trash, but we have uh, music uh, like uh, sitting on the, the back burner that we do want to resurrect one, one of these days. I've been pretty busy with Butterbrain and, and some other projects, but um, White Trash is, is really like, you know, that's, that, that, that was the start of it all for me and, and some of the other members of Butterbrain. Um, okay, so Mama Cantu wants to know, so does that mean you enjoy everything since Mama made you play the piano? Like everything, like, like music-wise or life-wise? Music and life-wise, I'm sure. It all goes hand in hand, White Owl. Uh, she did give me a very broad, uh, taste for music. My, my, um, I grew up on the Beatles as, as we shared last time. Um, you know, still one of my favorite all time bands. Um, if you don't like the Beatles, I, I gotta, something's not right with you. Um, uh, <laughs> you can't really vibe. 
We don't normally judge here on the Sunshine Show, but when it comes to a Beatles fan, you know, you got to give me a really good reason why you don't like them. And even then, it doesn't make it right. I agree. I agree. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the, the you know, the Beatles to me were like, uh, it, you know, it, it, music for, for all the ages. They, spans, they span time. <laughs> um, and you so, know what? Also, one, I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but one quick thing since you brought up the damn Beatles, like, what other band could talk absolute nonsense? Half the shit you don't even know what they're singing about, and it's just so lovely. Beautiful, beautiful music, beautiful songwriting. Um, I don't know if you got into the Get Back series, but uh, uh, did you see Get Back? I don't. I feel very ashamed to say I haven't. It's, it's amazing. It, it, it's it's the uh, making of the uh, not Abbey Road. The Get Back, I, get, I think, is the name of the album, okay. and uh, um. The, the, it culminates in like a, it's a three-part like mega documentary made by the uh, Peter Jackson, the guy who did um, Game of Thrones and stuff, I believe. And uh, it's it's just put together really well. It, it's it's long. Each each episode is like an hour and a half, two hours long. It's three parts, but like it, for, for a real Beatles fan, time goes super uh, uh, fast watching it because I'm like, I love you know you you hear Paul writing like. Uh, get back and, and, and uh, you know, like some amazing hits that, that um, like he's in the background, like, like dude, nobody's even no like noticing that he's writing it. He's like, Hey, I got a number They they, they were, were uh, they pin, they, they pinhole themselves into writing the album. They got together in the studio and it was supposed to culminate in this like mega concert, which was going to take place in like, uh, uh, like in Europe or something. It ended up being the show that they did on the rooftop, um, and so it, it was the behind the scenes of all that. George leaves the band; he comes back. Yoko's in the studio. It's like so it, it's amazing to watch like everything, uh, like like you know behind the scenes. And I got and to tie it into like um, the Butterbrain stuff, it, it was absolutely an inspiration to the making of the Butterbrain album. I I, I had just um, you know I would never go there in the same realm as the Beatles, but um, we had, I had just broken my hip, um, or got, got hip surgery. I was holed up and two things really inspired me, like in making the album. And, and, and I kind of called the guys and I was like, we're going in next week to record like that. Like the song we had been, you know, futzing around with some of the songs and they were like 90% ready, but we, uh, we just started rehearsing them. Like I, I watched that and I was like, they could do it in, 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 uh, whatever it was, like 21 days or 28 days, I was like, we, we got to go in and do it in 28 days. It, it's a year later when the album's coming out, but um, I was inspired by that, and I was also inspired by the Wu-Tang series. Oh! <laughs> I don't know if, you, if you've seen the, uh, the Wu-Tang like, um, Showtime series. I forget what it's called. Um, but I was holed up, and I don't really get to watch too much, like, TV or movies these days or Netflix, but um, those two hit me and I was like inspired. I was like, we're going in to do this. And, and uh, you know, life is short. Like you, you only got so many years on the planet. My, mine are dwindling, you know, getting towards the back nine. So I was like, let's, what, what are we waiting for? Let's just go in and knock this shit out. Yeah. Um, and that culminated in this. 
the Butterbrain Sapia Sexual album. Oh my God. Okay, I want to take myself off the screen really quick because I want us to get a really good, clear <laughs> shot of that. Now, while you're showing us that, tell me the concept behind the artwork and all the good stuff. All right, fair, fair enough. So here's the, uh, the CD. I don't know if, if you got a good look at it. Uh, it's the Brain Melting Butter. Let me see. I'm, there we go. That's a little better. Um, so th this was done by, uh, by Sally May, the singer in the band. She's been doing most of our artwork. And uh, let's see, sapiosexual. And for those that don't know, it was a weird title. Um, we've been asked a lot about that. A lot of people are like, what's sapiosexual? Like, what's, uh, and uh, it's, it's defined as someone that's attracted to intelligence, a person attracted to intelligence. So we felt like it meshed with the brain idea. Um, the imagery was cool. And yes, that, that was all Sally. Sally's been doing a bunch of our um, artwork, uh, T-shirt designs, and, um, and, and all, all bunch of stuff. She's actually been designing um, the vinyl we're doing with Angelo's uh, Dr. Mad Vibe project. So, um, you know, she's, been, she's really been busting her ass doing a lot for uh, Butterbrain from, the, from art to creative-wise. And uh, she's kind of like my right-hand woman in the, in the project. Very nice. We have the one and only Jeffro Pliskin of Race Fist Propaganda. And, it, and he's uh, another one. House. I mean, what do we have the pleasure of Mr. Jeffro Pliskin hanging out with us tonight? I just want to show you guys this amazing teacher I just received in the mail. Boom. <laughs> I wish I could do an effect right now where I could like drop it, boom, and it like stayed on me, but that's not how it works in real time. But when I edit the video, I could, um, I could do that, and yes, and another one, and one more too. Boom, boom, boom. And and Jeff also has made an amazing uh, butterbrain design for us too. Uh, the, it's, it's a skull logo that we've been using <coughs> and selling on T-shirts. So I um, love that. That I love graphic it too. in particular, bro. I need a shirt of that graphic. We got you. We got you. Put it in the mail. Um, <laughs> All right, so I don't mean to rewind, but I'm going to in a second. Let's see. We got Gloria in the house. What's up, Gloria? <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for hanging out with us. She says, Sally is a queen, the queen bee. <laughs> uh, it, sounds like, it sounds like you have a great team behind you, and it takes a great team to be a successful band, a successful business, a successful person, right? You need a good team a good support system around you so i'm glad to know that you have people within the band that can help you with graphics and help you you know with just things so it's not just all piled on you having to do everything it, yourself it, it's amazing it's amazing i have uh she's been great and mike calderella the, the drummer from white trash that stuck with me for years we've been making music together in different projects for years um we were in another band together at on electric records after white trash called hash that also kind of got lost in the abyss, but um, uh, he's been my right hand man. We we kind of you know feed off each other, and uh, he's he's also a, brings to the table a business side that I kind of lose on the creative side, and he's he's been instrumental in helping us with the um, uh, the website stuff. We launched a new Bandcamp page, and it was basically three of us working as a team to like get all that shit done. Very nice. Um, okay, so I wanted to rewind really quick, and I feel like we may have touched this, but 
the last time that we talked about the Beatles. But anytime somebody brings up the Beatles, yeah, it's like one of those keywords. You know, I'm like Pee Wee Herman when you have like the word of the day. Yep. Everybody <laughs> has to go, ah! You should do that. You should have that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. So what do we think about the conspiracy theory? Paul is dead. It was a huge conspiracy theory for those that may not know what it is. Could you explain it to the audience at home? Wow. Um, or do you yeah. want me to read the Wikipedia? Because I have no, 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 no. I, I can handle this one for sure. Because I grew up with my brother playing the record backwards, Sergeant Pepper's backwards. Really? You know, times. And, then, and then, then we went on to like listen to other records backwards, and then he went on to record shit backwards. So, <laughs> uh, Paul is dead. Inspired us in a lot of ways. I don't know if Chris Arbisi, our, our uh, vocalist sax player, is on with us, but. He would be the one to really tell you about this. But um, basically, um, the theory is that uh, if you listen to number nine on, what I say, uh, Sergeant Pepper, I guess it's the White Album, I think. Uh, where's the Sergeant Pepper? Uh, oh, Sergeant Pepper is the, where they're all dressed up in the... Oh, no, wait. Damn, why are we doing this? Sergeant Pepper's when they're all dressed up. So I think it's the White Album, but it's number nine... And uh, uh, Revolution Number no. Nine, it's called, or Number Nine. And if you play it backwards, you could supposedly hear the words "Paul is dead, miss him, miss him." Um, and then there's more to that. That there was a theory that he got into a car crash, and and he died at age 28, I believe. And that number comes up like in some other stuff. And then to go even further, the uh, uh, Abbey Road. Um, I think he's the only one walking across the street with no shoes on or or with shoes and, on i forget and dressed in black and everybody yes. else dressed in white. Yes. and like apparently they did like a, a like a look-alike contest and they got like the winner of the look-alike oh. contest because they just did could okay so that's the theory right is that they just could not tell the general public that he had died right yes and i think i don't know i don't know where billy spears comes into it but that was either like an alter ego or like that that was the the after Paul died, it was Billy Spears, but nobody know that Billy Shears, I forget what his name was. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, dude. This is my shit. Me so, too. So white owl from Nighthawk to White Owl. Okay. Let's <laughs> talk about this. So I, I'm into conspiracy theories, but it could have just been a really good marketing ploy, too, right? Well, that's the big question that nobody ever knows. What, what was it uh was it real or, or was it, or is everybody tripping or did it, or was it another great Beatles marketing ploy, you know? Dude, fight the Beatles are legends. That's like so legendary. And... I mean, if, they, if they weren't cool enough, there's shit like that, that to go down the rabbit hole. You know, they're, they're the originally original conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theory, theorists. Dude, <laughs> and then how about the album? And then we'll get off of, you know, we'll get off of, the Beatles, but I mean, who doesn't want to talk about the Beatles? Forever. I, it's all good. So remember the album that they put out and they had all the baby doll heads and like, it was like really graphic and then they had to like pull it down and replace all the album um, artwork because I guess the record label or whoever didn't approve it. But now if you, you can find, if you can find the record with like the baby heads and like the meat and all the shit, they're worth a lot of money. You know, I, I should know this. I forget which one it is. If it's, uh, I, I it can't be the White Album because the White Album is the White Album. Um, 
can't be Sergeant Pepper. I forget. I don't, you know what? I'm I remember all that. I'm looking it up right now, baby. I'm all right. on Wikipedia on us. I'm curious now, too, which one that was. Maybe it was part of Sergeant Pepper's. Oh, here it is. All right. Uh, the Beatles yesterday and today. Okay. The Beatles yesterday and today. And if I could figure this out, I would pull it up. I wish I'd already had it saved, but I didn't know we were going to do this. But for everybody listening at home, if you're not aware with all the conspiracies and all the like madness behind the Beatles, like Yoko Ono's not the only craziness behind the Beatles, you know? As, as a matter of fact, watching the documentary, most people, uh, including me, have a much different view of Yoko Ono. Um, she was pretty, you know, uh, Paul was cool with her. Uh, well, Paul or Billy Shears, whoever it was, was cool with her. And uh, she was pretty, you know, she's a little wacky, but she was cool in the studio. And uh, so a lot, a lot. Um, I don't want to give away the, the documentary too much, but um, in my opinion, a lot of the negativity was, was uh, attributed to George. Sure. <laughs> All right, we got a comment here from Taddeus. What's up, Taddeus? Thanks for hanging out. He uh, says, um, is this your friend? This is my neighbor who I just helped move today. What? <laughs> oh my god, Aaron, my goodness, what a great neighbor you are. It's always it's always <laughs> such such an extra bonus when you have nice neighbors and just a nice community. So he, he he's he's been a good good neighbor to me. He comes to a lot of the Butterbrain shows, and it's the least I could do. Oh, so he's saying labels don't know what to do with bands that they can't pigeonhole into a category. Very true. Um, and one of the reasons why I decided to put uh, the Butterbrain album out without a label, we were shopping it for a minute. We had a couple of, uh, you know, people, industry people like that, that liked what they heard. And I kind of I was excited about the, the songs in this album, like more excited than anything I've done in a while. And uh, I shared it with, you know, some industry people that I've come connected with over the years. And they shopped it to a few labels and the summer was about to peak. We had done the the song with Angelo. We were just about to film the video with Angelo. And uh, I was just itching to put it out. So against some people's advice, I said, fuck it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe down the road we can go that route. But we have the song. We, we recorded the songs. Uh, we're doing the videos. Another thing we do in house is the vi is our music videos. Um, so we're, we're kind of like a creative force within our, ourselves, and uh, that's that's a lot of what the Wu Tang series inspired me uh, for was to to do it ourselves. And uh, um, you know what? Maybe, maybe down the road, you know, I'm not opposed to working with a label, but nobody was really bringing anything to the table that like. I felt we could do for couldn't do for ourselves, and uh, why give up control over what we were doing for, you know, someone for you know, it, unless it was like a good marriage. So I pulled the plug on it quick, and I was like, "Nah, we just let's put the shit out," you know. Sure, absolutely. Um, so if the opportunity did present itself with everything that you've already been through, would you sign to a label again? Um. Absolutely. If there was a purpose behind it, if they uh, understood, if they if they really believed in what we were doing and um, kind of let us, you know, have keep our creativity and keep some creative control and most of our creative control. Um, 
I turned down a, 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 I was part of a group that turned down with White Trash a $500,000 record advance. Not many people know that with uh, the, the second record, um, you know, back when I was like 21 years old. So, um, it, you know, uh, I'm not scared to like, uh, it, in some ways, it, a lot of people like have asked me, is that like one of the stupidest decisions you ever made? And absolutely not. Like, like I look, look in the mirror with uh, uh, pride. Um, it, 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 I wish we were able to get it together as a group and uh, that Metallica didn't uh, suck our label and management attention away from us. So, you know, but if, if my aunt, you know, had balls, she'd be my uncle. So, you know, it, it pretty much is what it is. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. Rewind, <laughs> motherfucker. I've never heard that before. What if my auntie had balls and she'd be my uncle? <laughs> I mean, you can't live in the past or live in the past, you know? Um, there's a lot of things in life I wish I could have done differently. Um, and, and I get, you know, I, I don't, if it was the right connection, absolutely. But, uh, but I'm fine, you know, steamrolling ahead, doing it, um, you know, ourselves, you know, um, I'm kind of proud of what I've accomplished musically. And I learned a lot from working in the punk rock world with, uh, you know, Murphy's law for a long time. And my brother, Danny Diablo is Scarhead. And there's a lot, you know, uh, sometimes like you can't wait for someone to like uh, catch on to what you're doing. You got to create your own, your own world, or your own momentum, your own vibe. So, um, and then I, I believe, you know, the rest will follow. So yeah, absolutely. If a label came to us and said, Hey, we, we love what you're doing, you know, uh, uh, we'll, we'll financially support that and could, you know, broaden our audience That'd be great because you know a lot of times doing it yourself. You know, I, I'm not a marketing genius. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, I wish we could could reach a wider audience um, with what we're doing. I know the reaction we get to our immediate audience is great, but sometimes we are in this like uh, underground genreless world, like like Thaddeus said. Um, but you know, that's where God put me, so I'm I'm cool with it. <laughs> I okay, I'm dying. I have been dying. I just like went up, I was reading the comments, and my mama she says, I was called white trash in the 60s, <laughs> and I did walk the alleys looking for treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is like a like that is definitely like a lyric to um a beautiful song that my mom is writing right now. Does she play too? I will tell you, my mama is the one that got me into music. She plays the flute, um, and, but she was the main reason why I, you know, I had to play the tuba because she's like, don't bring home a damn saxophone. Internet. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I wanted to play the drums, but apparently they're like, no, give the girl the tuba. So I came home with this huge ass fucking instrument that was like impossible to carry, but it made me who I am today. So thank you, mom for always supporting me. She's been to every single one of my shows that she could possibly be at. Awesome. In all of the recordings, who do you hear? My mom screaming, ah, you know, and at all of my podcasts, mom shows up. And thank you, mom. I love you so much from the bottom of my heart. I just think the absolute world of you. And it was her birthday on the 22nd. And happy birthday, mom. This is the first show so since her birthday. So we should sing happy birthday. Ready? One, Let's two, three. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. 
Happy birthday, dear Mama Cantu. Mama Cantu. Happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, and many more, and many, many more. All right, guys, you're hanging out with your host, Sunny C of the Sunshine Show, and Y Al of Butter Brain, former basis of Murphy's Law. All right, we haven't really gotten too much into the history of Murphy's Law. Is that something we could talk about on this show, or is that for the next sure, episode? Sure. Uh, uh, you know, Murphy's Law is um, one of the OG original uh, party punk rock groups from New York. Um, Jimmy G is the, is the original member, the singer. And, uh, you know, he's had a, a, a history of, uh, he's, you know, the, Murphy's Law started in like the early 80s. Um, and I learned a lot from playing and touring with him. And, uh, um, he, you know, he could be a handful uh, he, he's on full speed all the time and I love him for it. Um, not, and we're not, not talking about like smoke and speed. We're talking about like the man probably has ADHD and a lot of energy. He has, yes, he has definitely a lot of energy and, uh, he's, he's one of the best front men ever in my opinion. And, uh, it was an honor to, to, uh, play with them for so long and record with them. Um, I came in in like the, the middle stages at this point of the band, like the late nineties. Okay. Uh, after White Trash, after the band punk band Scarhead that I played with, and uh, I was in the band to like 2001, 2002, and I still do filling gigs to this day. I went to Japan with them, I think, uh, you know, it's all, like seven, eight years ago now. And then, um, you know, I, I, I still fill in once in a while at Murphy's Law, and it's like family to me, and, and it's like a rite of passage in, in New York punk rock. Um, there's literally been like 100 different members in the groups. Um, from like some huge names like Todd Youth, God Rest His Soul, and uh, um, j just so many uh, Chuck Valley. Um, it, 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 it's it, it, it's a New York hardcore punk rock um, rite of passage to play at Murphy's Law, and it's connected a lot of people. And um, in some ways, it's connected me and Sally, the the Butterbrain singer. Um, we first met through like Murphy's Law shows. Um, and, and she was like a punk rock girl at heart. And uh, she she was uh, pull, tugging at my uh, sweatshirt for like years. Like, hey, I could sing just so you know. And she saw Butterbrain uh, perform live. And she saw that I was back doing Butterbrain. And she was like, ah, ah, ah. like, I'm letting you know again I could sing. And I was like, hey, like, yeah, motherfucker. Like, I've been hitting you up for five years now. So, that's kind of what happened. And she was really <laughs> He was proactive. I was like, all right, send me some shit. And we, we had a, a single uh, on our EP that we put out in 2019 that needed a, we were looking for a girl singer. So I hit her up and we vibed right away. And she went on to become like a guest artist on, on the EP to like a full-time member. And then some to doing the artwork, to being my right hand woman, to like being a, a major, major part of, Butterbrain, um, and uh, you know, creative force to to writing uh, a bunch of stuff on the new album to singing. You know, we I, we I purposely the band purposely this time around looked to like get her involved on uh, on, on a lot of the the vocals because Butterbrain is like a, a a weird entity. Um, I sing, a couple of the horn players sing, and uh, it was the, like me and a couple of the horn players doing most of the vocal vocalizations 
And then uh, when Sally came in, she's, you know, you know, no offense to, to the rest of the bunch. She's like the best of the bunch. And we kind of found our niche and we kind of found yeah. like, once again, sorry to interrupt, but she is the woman of the band. Yeah, we we, we, we kind of found our missing ingredient. Like it was like, you know, the steak was was good, but we needed one, you know, a little bit of spice. We needed the garlic spice on that. So she, the she brought the A1 sauce, baby. She brought the A1 sauce, you know? <laughs> and and the steak never tasted better. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. So we have a question here from Mr. Pliskin, who obviously has been joining us. He joined us a bit late, but that's, that's okay. No. He's a busy I, I, man. Before you ask anything, should I can I unveil now? Oh my gosh, are you getting nudie on us? Let's go. Uh, let me hide my belly. Um, <laughs> what do you got here? A raised fish special. The the 86 Mets. That's Lenny Dykstra, Doc Gooden, and Daryl Strawberry. And I saw this and I was like, Jeffro, I gotta have this, please. And here it is on the on the Sunshine Cantu show. Oh, I, I wear it with pride. And it looks amazing on you. Thank you. Did the sleeves come pre-cut, baby, or did no. you cut yourself, or did your lady do it for you? I I actually did it myself. She she's not a fan of me cutting the sleeves, but I, that's my <laughs> that's my stilo. I I I, I cut. I'm, yeah, I'm a sleeve cutter. Oh, I love it. I feel okay. so much more comfortable, like. Without the sleeves. Hey, it looks good too. So Thank you're, you. you're all good. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Jeffy says, uh, did you guys talk butter vinyl dropping in May? I don't know. Actually, I don't think we did talk about that yet, have we? Well, funny you should mention. Funny you should ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the test presses for what's gonna be the, the butterbrain? Featuring Angela Moore, uh, single with Ange uh, Angela Moore and Dr. Mad Vibe and the Missing Links on the other side. So uh, we have a single coming out, uh, with, with a split vinyl with, with Butterbrain and the Dr. Mad Vibe and the Missing Links, which we're very, very excited about. Um, Jeff Rowe is the one responsible for making that happen. It's a raised fist production. And, and uh, there's, there's my, uh, my production company, Gotham Gold. Let's see if I could get it out there in the, in the background. So uh, me and Jeff Rogue, you know, we, we work hard together. Um, he's, been, he's been amazing for the band. He, he really has. He's, he's uh, you know, he really loves the band. Raised fifth I feel like we're like spokespeople over here. Jeff, we love you. I know we're rocking all the gear. <laughs> we love you, Jeff. We are um, huge supporters of Raised Fist propaganda here at the Sunshine Show because Raised Fist does good things. Yes. And, and, and you know what? He's he's about about it. He's uh you know, I appreciate his, his energy and his enthusiasm. And um, you know, we, we've butted heads heads a couple of times, but it's like we're, we're both like strong-willed people, and usually he's he's got a purpose uh to, to his he's got an end game in sight that sometimes that I don't see. He's actually really, really great marketer, uh He's got he's got amazing vision, and um, you know I'm 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 very proud that that we've been working together. We've really been killing a lot of shit here in New York over the past year, um, from everything from the Angelo vinyl to like uh, collaborations with live shows to putting on events. We played a a show with HR from the Bad Brains 
last month that was killer. Um, we've been doing a lot of good shit over here in New York. And let me just say, if you ain't button heads with Jeffro, then are you even friends with him? Because that's like a rite of passage. All right. <laughs> and, and some people don't get that. Like uh, in this business, it's like, uh, you know, it, it, you know, you, I, I went through the, all the big label fucking uh, big management shit and the politics and bullshit at that level is so, you know, vomiting your mouth sometimes yeah. um, that you know, that I love doing shit independently, like uh, DIY. However, um, you're still going to gonna have differences of opinion, butt heads with people you work with on that level. And me and Jeff, I think, are two guys that uh, are do-it-yourself people and, and uh, we, we believe in what we're doing and we stand up for what we're doing. And we also get, like, uh, how, how there can sometimes be friction but but it's all working towards like a positive end game, and uh, you know I, I I've come to respect them a lot, man. O over the last year, um, I, I'm very proud and honored to to for the shit we've, we're accomplishing. Well, and I'll just put this out there, and I think it's important for everybody in the industry who may be newcomers, even people that have been here for a long time. You know, we learn as we grow and we experience things, but you have to like. Pick your battles. It's really not worth like fighting over like petty shit that like, yeah, you know, shit could like bother you or upset you. But sometimes you just got to like turn the other cheek and keep rocking and rolling because everybody kind of has a vision and they want their vision to be the ultimate vision. But sometimes you just got to rock and roll with shit, you know, and that's always been my thing is you've got to learn to pick your battles. And that's with life in general. That, that definitely true. And, 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 uh, that being said, you know, um, you know, if so, I, I'd rather have someone be uh, strong-willed about what they believe in and work with someone like that. Like Sally in the band could be like that uh, very often, and I'll take that any day over <laughs> someone that's disconnected or says they want to do it like this, but has no idea what they're talking about or yes. hasn't invested the time or energy or or thought process into what's going on. So um, as long as you know what you're talking about and, and are not like all over the place, I, you know, th then I have no problem like stepping back and listening to what you have to say. I, I you know, it's part for me of, this is the first time like in a band where I've really been like, you know, relied on as a, as a band leader and um, working with, you know, longtime friends and uh, people that I've played in and out of music with for my, my whole life. And, and I appreciate, I think they've seen a difference in me also like stepping back because I, I could be strong-willed at times too, but sometimes it's as important to like step back and listen, you know, and hear what other people have to say. Um, it doesn't mean you're always going to agree, but um, you can't just, you know, will yourself, you know, my way or the highway. I mean, you can, but ultimately, you know, I have a longer-term uh, vision for for Butterbrain that that you know, if I did that, I I would lose uh, their their respect and integrity like right off the bat, you know. Yeah. Yes. And it's not about burning bridges in this industry. It's about building connections. So yep. I'm just putting that out there. We have a question here from the one and only Daniel Bayanez, longtime listener and supporter of the Sunshine Show. Thank you, Daniel, for hanging out with me and why out tonight. What's up? He says, uh, what's been your favorite country to tour in? Wow. Um, South America, I think. 
Um, okay. And it's not because I was doing a lot of drugs back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. That was that was maybe part of it because the drugs are real cheap in South America. Um, <laughs> but right, well, I'm taking a sip. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I I would say uh, South America, uh, um, Italy. Um, I, I did some cool shows with Murphy's Law in, in Italy. Beautiful place, uh, cool people, party people, um, great food. Um, France stuck out to me as, as a beautiful place. I did some cool shows in France. Um, you know, a lot of time do, on tour, it's not you know as exciting as it's cracked up to be. You're looking at like a, you know like a, a site. You know, you're looking at. The Eiffel Tower through through the the bus window. Ooh, ooh, Eiffel Tower! All right, see you later. And then you you go you're going to a club that looks like the same place you played in fucking England the night before, or you know it's it's all like a then you play, then you spend, then you're sleeping, then you wake up. Oh, Parliament, Big Ben! You know it's like the like the vacation movie. Hey, kids, Parliament, Big Ben! Hey. <laughs> or, or like the Griswold family vacation when exactly, it's like that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what thrill life like is like going around in a circle parliament big Ben, Eiffel tower <laughs> great uh, looks good from from the tour bus uh, I, well not even tour bus I, I i should say tour van which was mostly how i've done it but um <laughs> well, whatever works and a tour van is a lot more easier to afford than a tour bus okay yeah, very true <laughs> and, and uh yeah i've never been on a, i've never toured on a tour bus i never had that luxury and I, the europe europe tour i did with murphy's law was in like some kind of like bread truck like it was, it was like a mercedes truck which is kind of cool like a big uh, big truck <laughs> but uh it was it was spacious so that was cool um but um italy uh medellin colombia stand, stands out Beautiful place, uh, France. Um, th those are a few of them. It seems like music has given you a lot of amazing opportunities in your life. It, it has. You know, I was just talking. So I, I did an interview that that I don't know where when or where it's going to air, but um, it was like a, a guy, an old friend of mine that's that's got this like a uh, website. You know, he's talk, talking shop about bass. And, uh, oh, wait, what? What is he taking over my role? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think you have to worry. He, he's <laughs> he's just getting started, and he's, he's more a little bit about like the technical angles. But he brought up the same exact uh, point that um, did you ever think, you know, playing bass would, would would take you, you know, take you around the world and stuff like that? And and I absolutely didn't. Um, you know, I never stopped to think about it until like. You know, like a, a week ago when I did this guy's interview and I was like, you know what, man, I never really thought about all the blessings. Like, it's like a magic flute, you know, this magic bass <laughs> brought me to so many, opened so many doors for me. And, and um, you know, from the from the, the minute I walked, uh, they snuck me into a club at 14 years old with what became White Trash. It was me, my brother and the singer for White Trash. We, we were called Blade back then. Metal metal band Blade. We were doing Motley Crue covers and Judas Priest and Iron Maiden covers, okay. <clears throat> and we we got a gig on Queens Boulevard at the Play Lounge. You know, big big news. And my mom my mom would let me go out and play these gigs uh, because I was going with my older brother. 
So she, you know, Ted, make sure he fucking gets home and doesn't drink or anything like that. Does his, does his homework. There were times where I was doing like playing when my trash was starting to blow up. I was in my senior year of high school and I was kind of like a nerd. I was still like into school and, and I was loving it because I was kind of like a rock star in like senior year of high school. And we were blowing up like a little bit like locally and I would go do my homework and, and the guys would come in the band in the van and be like, all right, we're going on and get ready. 10 minutes. So I'd, I'd, I'd finish my math homework, you know, uh, pack my bag and go and go backstage and come on stage. And they were like girls topless and, and, you know, drinks and, and, and drugs around. And, you know, the cat, like the cat club always stands out to me like that. Cause it was like a spot in New York that was like, had a, had a vibe. And it was, um, you know, it, it was, it was a, a, not a place for a, for a high school kid. And I was like a kid <laughs> in a candy store. And I probably grew up a little fast because of that. Um, but but it was it, from, from those days up until like touring with Murphy's Law, um, White Trash, and 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 doing all the stuff we're doing with Butterbrain, to be proactive to like uh, doing these shows in Florida next month uh, next week, um, it, it it's been a blessing. M- music has taken me all over the world and and got me to meet some amazing people. I've gotten to work over the past couple of years with some artists, including Angelo from Fishbone that, that like uh, were idols of mine growing up that I used to look up to. Um, HR from the Bad Brains, Peter DiStefano from, from Porno for Pyros. I mean, the list goes on and, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a blessing. How does it feel to work with a lot of these people that you grew up listening to and admiring and now you're like playing with them? It, it It's amazing. And, and it's, uh, a little extra special because it's a project that I kind of in creative control of and, and, and is close to my heart and uh, I'm fully invested in. So um, it's even a little more special because of that and not to get sentimental, but it's, it's a little more special as I'm getting older. Um, you know, uh, I kind of let go of a lot of these things over the years and, you know, um, when I was, you know, young, dumb, and full of calm, as they say, I, I, I would want to, you know, take control of, of, of the stuff. And, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. And, and later in life, you just, the universe is kind of like giving me a lot of blessings. Um, and, and they're not forced to happen naturally. You know, uh, a, a lot of those, the things with Angelo were, were negotiated with uh, Jeffro from Raised Fist. So um, he's been an advocate for a lot of that playing the show with, 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 uh, HR. So th- there's been a lot of blessings that the universe has just created, like by, by staying focused and like staying in my lane, being fully invested in Butterbrain, stopping a lot of outside projects so that I could, I could invest the time. Like I said, a year ago, um, I had a broken hip and was like ready to be on the shelf for a couple of months. And literally two weeks in when I, when I could walk, as soon as I could walk, I was dragging, you know, uh, myself up the, the, the studio steps, you know, on crutches just to get in and start recording this shit. Cause I was like, I don't want to waste a minute, you know? I love that so much. We have Scott Weiss of Underground Roots Clothing all the way from Chicago in the house. What's up, Scott? What's up, Scotty? The closet rapper 
I interviewed Scott last Friday, and boy, we had a whole damn party. I and saw a little bit of that. It, well, and the party continued for me until like I think <laughs> I think it just start. I think it just I was a it was a long bender for me. All right, so thank you, Scott, yeah. for setting the tone off right for that one. Um, all right, so White Owl, aka Aaron. Hold on, Don. I need makeup. Don, look. This is Don doing my makeup. <laughs> Don, powder my nose. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thank you. Such a good assistant he is. Um, we got Maddie Pasta in the house. Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> Tell me who is Maddie Pasta? Maddie Pasta is a, a great friend and Butterbrain uh, guitar player. Uh, that that's uh, he's kind of been like um, our filling with Butterbrain, and he's coming out of Florida with us. Um, for, for the Florida shows. Um, and we, we played in, in Scarhead together. We played a little bit in Murphy's Law together. Um, he, he's one of my best friends and, and partner in crime as well. And uh, he, he's an amazing, amazing guitar player. Um, he's played in you know a bunch of bands on the New York punk rock hardcore scene, Sub-Zero, Scarhead, um, Murphy's Law. I'm probably leaving a few out, but um, he, he, he's... he's uh, Everybody in the New York punk rock scene knows Maddie Pasta. <laughs> Maddie Pasta, you coming on this show next or what? I'm ready for you. Let me know. Get him on. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Aaron, I just love talking to you because you always are so well-spoken. You're so honest and truthful. You're so humble. Um, I want to ask you, what is the special secret sauce that one needs to, like, not get burnt out, I guess, in the music industry? Because I know it's such a hard industry, right? And so somebody as successful as you, you've been in many amazing groups that have taken you around the world. Um, but maybe somebody that doesn't have that, that's maybe struggling to, to say, you know, struggling, why am I still doing this? What's your answer to that? Wow. Um, you know, if it's in your heart and it's a passion of yours, you should stay true to your your dreams visions goals whatever they are whether whether it's music athlete um you know ceo of a corporation um whatever it is you know you got to stay true to yourself um i've lived an alternative lifestyle for like a long time um you know there was many times in my life where uh playing music did not afford me those gifts of traveling or making money you know, it, in all honesty, it might appear one way, but most of my life as a musician has been as a struggling musician. You know, I don't, I don't have any endorsement deals or no label behind me right now. Um, you know, I, I, I live that high life with uh, major label life with white trash. Like, you know, when we first got signed, we got spoiled a little bit by a taste of like that. But but I kind of knew in my heart that like I didn't need that to to do music or to to keep doing music. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that because I think it does take a lot of humility and humbleness to get kicked around in this business. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to eat a lot of shit. And if it's important to you, you do what you got to do to stay true to yourself. It, it, it's never, it should never be about the money um, or, or success or fame. So if, if, if you're asking me, honestly, what what is the ingredient? Don't give a shit about any of that. And and when you just keep doing what you do, 
and the universe will bring you what it's intended to bring you, you know? I believe that wholeheartedly because I feel like the more that you like stress out about, oh, you know, th this person is like me or this person's commenting this or they're saying I'm a shitty musician or like this happened or whatever. Like, dude, you have to stay true to yourself because the right people are going to stay, stay. The wrong people, they're coming in all day long. You have people that are wanting to take from you, people that are trying to manipulate you, people that are not trying to reciprocate the love that you're giving, right? And whether that's with music or life or whatever, but fuck those people, man. If they can accept you for who you are, like, bye. Uh, bye. I and the more, the more that you stop giving a fuck, the more you can be true to yourself and the more that you attract the right people. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, uh, you know, they, like, don't, doesn't mean that I get it right all the time. Believe me, if you think over, like, you know, my career of, like, whatever it is, like, 30 years or something like that, that uh, that if you think there's been times where I didn't, you know, uh, have it in me or, or struggled or was like, I can't do this or I don't want to do this anymore, I would be lying to you if I said not. But, um, you know, it, it, you're going to have to pick yourself up off the mat a lot, probably in the, this business. And, you know, I honestly, I, I've, I've thought about, it. I look at it like even in those major label days and uh, when there was money involved and, a bit, you know, a bit of success involved, like, you know, I, I, if I was living the way it, it, I needed to mature a lot at that age, um, like I said, young, dumb and full of calm, I was not thinking the same way now. And, um, I might have been dead because I, I was, I like to party in excess. Um, you know, um, I like to live in excess. And hey, uh, hey. <laughs> there's a lot of people I know along the way that didn't make it in this business that were talented and it did stick to their visions and dreams that, you know, drugs and alcohol got them too. So um, there's a lot of, you know, it, it, it's a tough life. Uh, being a musician is a tough life. I don't know if I would recommend it. But, it, but if you feel that it's in your heart and soul, then you got to do what you, what's important to you. It's true what they say. It's a lot of drugs, sex, and rock and roll when you're in music. <laughs> hey, nothing about money in that statement, okay? <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Let's see. Don McDaniel, my beautiful uh, secretary, says, Aaron, watch her. She sweet talks like this. Next thing you know, you're chained in her basement. <laughs> it's true. Right. It, that it, if if it was my drug days, that sounds like it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> but, I, I'm a little scared of that. I've, I've seen some, I've seen some of your recent posts, so I, I'm a little I'm a, I would be a little nervous to be changed in the basement. Hey. But it does it does sound slightly appealing. <laughs> That's why I love you because you are a true. You're the real deal. You are the real deal. And then okay. I also want to talk about what is this like association with birds and bass players? Because you're not the only bass player who has a nickname of a bird. Okay, so I'm Nighthawk. My friend, um, damn, I can't even think what his real name is. Jay Bird is Jay Bird. He's an amazing bass player. His Whoa. name's Justin, Justin Ionelli out of California. And you're White Owl. Like, are we the trifecta of bass players? Maybe. Whoa. I think so, and I got another one for you. 
One of the songs on the Butterbread album is called Song Number Seven. Bird. <laughs> and one of the players on the on the on the Butterbrain album, he's listed last as a spiritual advisor, is another person. Oh, we, well, Jay, Jay Nicholas. Jay Nicholas is also Jay Bird. And no way. There's a there's a punk rock album by to, uh, token entry named after um, Jay Bird. Oh my god! What a small world. So so I don't know if you know this, but we play. Um, Butterbrain has has up to nine members, okay. and sometimes when we play live, I uh, when when Jay Bird, like for a record release party this coming week. Uh, I get on the keys and Jay takes the bass, um, and you know I, I get I get to play keys and get on the mic a little more, and um, so we we really have like a, a, a moving band, like you know we, we we sometimes don't know like week to week what's gonna who's coming or or, or how it's gonna pan out, but I, I love when Jay plays because he relieves me of uh, I, I I could get behind you know get on the keyboard for a few things. Get get up front, get on the mic. Sometimes it's a little restrictive as like a front man on, on with a bass. Um, there's only a few people that could do that well. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Did you say bass? All about that bass. Why haven't we talked anything about your bass? All right. Well, I do. I I did. Yeah. Bring okay. it out, baby. That's what we're. That's what we're really here yeah. for. I mean, you know, we love you. But we're really here for the base. Well, I I only got one in the house today. I you know I I couldn't believe it, but I um we had a rehearsal last week, and we and we have another one coming up uh in a couple of days. So I left my other base in the studio. But this is I think I showed it to you before my Tom Anderson. This is the one I've had the longest. Okay. And if you could see the headstock, there's no. It's kind of like a copy of a Fender Jazz. Okay. Uh, but there's no no name on it. And it's a, a custom-made Tom Anderson that was, uh, by coincidence, another mutual bass player buddy had put it on consignment in a, in a music store on 48th Street. Back in the days in Manhattan, there was a, a one strip on 48th Street where they had like all the music stores in one area. It, it's since been defunct, but uh, you would get like every if you needed to like you know like really find what you're looking for. You, you would trek into Manhattan and and get your ass to 48th Street because you could go to a bunch of different stores and, and probably find whatever you need. So it was Rudy's Music, it was called. And they had this baby on consignment. And for some reason, I kind of fell in love with the playing it. And it, it turned out a friend of mine the, or in our music network was like, that was mine. I put it on consignment. So I was like, why don't you take it off? I'll buy it directly off you. I think that I forget exactly how it went down, but... This baby's lasted me like 30 plus years. Wow. Wait, do you have an amp? Or are you going to play us something? All right, let's see. Hey, rock and roll. We got going. I'm plugged in through a guitar amp right now. Let's see. Can you hear? Oh, yeah, baby. You good. It's a little distorted, but. <laughs> And you too can see more of that, but 
you got to go to see Butter Brain live and in concert, <laughs> baby. Uh, listen, why, Al, I want to talk, I know we're going on an hour. I know time is precious. I'm going to let you go here in a minute, but I have a few more questions before we wrap this what? up. Um, I got all the time in the world for you, Sunshine. And I do love that you say that because I do love the song All the Time in the World yeah. by uh, John Fulbright, I believe. All the time in the world. And, we, and Butterbrain also has an original album song called Sunshine. Oh, and I love that song. It's so Thank well written. Uh, and, you know, now that you bring that up, I was listening to a lot of Sapiosexual, and I noticed that there's a lot of spoken word on there. <laughs> yes. let's, let's talk about it. I want to know what is the inspiration behind the spoken word? Um, how did you fit that into the album? Because uh, I love it. I think it's well done. It's beautifully, like, it fits, it forms, it's great. That's it. Well, thank you for saying that, because it was that was the very last piece to the album. Um, like I said, we kind of had been, been like dabbling with uh, writing the songs and uh, I went in for, for a surgery and we were talking about going to record like at some point a few months later and uh, I got inspired by, by Get Back and the, and, and the Wu-Tang Clan and uh, the songs were, were, so they were pretty much ready, close to ready and we said, fuck it, let's go and record. So we, we recorded eight songs. Weren't sure like you know, how this was going to shape up is like another EP or an album. Um, we put, you know, we, we pretty much ended up like uh, fit, like using all the stuff that, that, that we were currently working on. And uh, for me, it's very important to have an album be like, I, I'm kind of old school like that. It's funny. Like everybody's putting out singles. Everybody's pushing me to like, you know, release one song at a time. And I kind of, you know, uh, followed that footprint of what, you know, uh, people are doing nowadays. But I'm an old school album junkie. And I believe it not, doesn't necessarily have to be a concept album like Pink Floyd or the Beatles. But I think the album should tie together. It shouldn't just be a, a, a sloppily thrown bunch of songs. Sorry. So when, every album I make um, where, where I'm in control of, you know, the creative control of it. It's important to me to kind of see that through. So um, uh, me and Sally kind of like like pushed that idea. I was kicking around um, some of the things I've done in the past, including some of my hip-hop stuff, which is where the White Owl name comes from. I've, I've put out a couple of albums as White Owl doing more beat-oriented hip-hop type stuff, which I don't. we never even touched upon here, but I don't even know if you know about that stuff. Well, um, I mean, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> well, the, it's out there like streaming and all that stuff. It's called uh, All or None is, is the full album. And uh, I think there's an EP out there too. But um, um, that album, all, uh, similar to the Butterbrain stuff, kind of uh, it was important for me to tie everything in together. So I, I it's kind of like a back pocket thing of mine to like, I'm into poetry. I, I like uh hearing spoken word. So it was the last piece of the album. I said, let's sapiosexual. We had kind of monkeyed around with the idea of that as the album title. And we kind of said like, nobody really knows we're, we're getting a lot of like, what is that? We don't really know what that is. So we kind of used the spoken word to, to kind of explain it um, and to elaborate on that idea. Um, so, and, and Sally was the perfect voice for that. So I, I, she laid it down, then I put a little music behind it, and 
The other one was just something I had, uh, you know, it, it rolling around in my head that when, when the last song in the album was called Circus Life, the poem that I, I was toying with was Monkey on My Back. Um, and and that's, uh, it's funny, me and Maddie Pasta actually recorded the ideas as a song years back, but it, it never really, really went anywhere. And I kind of took it and turned it into a um, spoken word thing. So they, they were the Maddie last- Pasta! <laughs> But those were the last two pieces to help tie the, the album together. Very well done. It takes Thank a lot you. to be able to pull that off. And you did it very eloquently. So Thanks, bravo. Guys. Bravo. It, you know, I appreciate that because sometimes I get a lot of flack like from outside people like, you know, what, why are you going to put that on the album? Or is that really fit? Um, so I, you know what? It's, it's kind of taking a little chance for me because you're out there Solo and Sally too. Um, it, it, doing a spoken word shit could kind of get like you're out there on an island a little bit. And even the band gives me gives me flack sometimes. We I we did a spoken word thing on on the on the uh, one of the prior but the first Butterbrain album that sometimes I'll just you know pop it out uh, spontaneously live and they're like ah oh, man he's doing that shit again. <laughs> but if I feel it, I I feel like doing it. I think that, yeah, I mean, hats, exactly. It, it takes, not everybody can do it. You know, that not everybody good. has enough confidence to do it. And yeah, I was impressed when I heard that. And it also threw me for a loop because I'm like, wait, what's going on? And I was like, damn, this is deep. We, we, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, depth to Butterbrain. There really is. Like, we're, we're pretty genreless. Like, I get asked a lot, like, what are you? And like, I don't know, punk, funk, ska, rock. And that's another thing that, that you know, in shopping to a label, we, we, we got a, a nice rejection early on from like, um, I, I, I don't know if I should be allowed to mention the label or not. Um, it was Fat Records. Um, so we got a nice, nice rejection from them. And uh, they were like, yeah, it's cool, but it's kind of like not exactly what we do. Like we do kind of like, straight up Scott, like punk or Scott. Like I've gotten that a lot in my lifetime. Um, and again, sometimes even from the band members, like we should do more of like one genre or, and, and I can't, I don't write like that. I can't write like that. And, and I'll go on a limb to say, I never will write like that because I just, it comes out how it enters my brain and how it translates. And then you put it with the band and mix stuff. So the songs I write, I, I don't really like to pigeonhole it uh, into a category. Um, so it, it, I, to me, I'm, I'm inspired and influenced by bands like Fishbone or, you know, some of the bands we, we brought up today or the Beatles. You know, it, I like genreless music. You know, it's, so the, the Beatles could inspire you to kill your neighbor or, or, or to kiss, you know, your neighbor's baby, depending on which song it is. And that's, that to me is music, you know. Or to what? Woo, 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 woo! The walrus, or what are they doing with the walrus? <laughs> they, they, yeah, they lost me on that one. Wait, wait! I, I gotta look up the damn lyrics for it because Cuckoo I am Cuckoo. telling you. Wait, what is it? Cuckoo Kajoo. I knew you knew. <laughs> the walrus, bro. They were. I mean, some, sometimes you just got a cuckoo Kajoo shit, you know. <laughs> I'm going to put that um, on a shirt and sell it in my Etsy shop. So in case anybody's interested, go I like, on. I, I'm in. I'll buy one of those. I'll just send you one, all right, for the idea. 
Um, all right, cool. Let's see. Gloria says you are a creative soul. You can't be pigeonholed yourself. You have many faucets. Oh, beautifully said, Gloria. Thank you. That that's my that that's my uh main squeeze. So she's being that's a your little, boo lady. Yes, and and she she's being extra kind, but uh, you know that that means a lot coming from her because we we dated twenty five years ago. Uh, I, I was incapable of being a good relationship partner. We're back together. Uh, today and uh, you know um, she does know me inside and out. She's always had my back creatively. Oh, this is a beautiful love story. I'm <laughs> here for it. I am here for it. We'll have Gloria on the show next and get the other side. Oh, <laughs> the TMZ, the other side. Yeah. Of <laughs> it's not always pretty. <laughs> All right, next, thank you. Question, next question, my Daniel. How do you feel about the new hardcore punk rock bands coming up right now? Do you have any advice for those aspiring groups that catch your attention? Shit. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I, I played in, in the punk scene for a long time, but I'd be lying if I said I was really up on it like that. Um, I, I, the, the group I keep hearing is uh, Turnstile is making some big noise. Um, like th that's a group we played with. Like they were like an opening act on a lot of shows and we, we, we did some, uh, festival type, type stuff together. And uh, I, even back then, they, they really had their shit together and they, they, they had a, a vision. But I really don't haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I'm so consumed. Like, this might sound egotistical, and I don't mean it in that way, but I'm so consumed, like, with what I'm doing these days that I, I really rarely have put on, like, another, uh, uh, like, gotten away and listened to music in a while. It's kind of a shame. Um, but... Uh, I'll shout out a couple of the bands that that uh, we're playing with down in Florida, uh, Fuacata, uh, a Miami punk ska group that that um, is going to be doing both shows with us down there. That that's an amazing uh, ska punk band, young uh, Latin based uh, ska funk punk, um, right up our alley, and uh, a lot of energy, good vibes. Uh, the Big Scandal is another group we're playing with out there. Um, Scott, like uh, another big unit, like eight or nine guys, um, party, a little more Scott oriented, but party punk, good, good songwriting. Um, he has still a muertas, a lot of, look, we're playing with a lot of Latin groups out there, Latin punk, hardcore groups. So th this is what I like, I, uh, because we're playing with them, I've been like listening to a lot of their music. Um, they're, they're a three piece, uh, all girl. Latin band. Um, uh, you, you had me at all girl. <laughs> yep. Check, check him out. He, he asked De La Muertes. Uh, 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 ladies of the Dead or yeah. girl, uh, Daughters of the Dead. That, yes. Uh, uh, I was kind of curious. I just thought it was like girl, women of the dead. But is that what it is? Daughters of he the has, Dead? Would you say mijas or he? He, he, he asked like H-I-J-A-S. He, oh, Mijas's daughter. He has, I'm not really sure. As a as a Mexican, I should yeah. say that. He has the He I don't know. I know Mijas would be daughter, but he has is maybe hers of the dead. She's of the dead. I don't know. Yeah, Anybody yeah. at home, daughters of the dead. Thank you, Gloria, for <laughs> thank you, Gloria. Thank you, Gloria. <laughs> She's got my back all the time. They're more straight. They're more sorry. They're, I was gonna just say. They're more straight ahead punk rock, um, like like metal punk. They're a little different than the other two groups I just mentioned. 
And then we got another group we're playing with Billy Doom is Dead out there. And, uh, um, you know, we love we, one of the gifts of being kind of genreless is that we could play with a bunch of different, you know, groups and, uh, and, and, and kind of fit in and on most bills. So, um, I'm really excited about the, the upcoming shows about our re record release here in, uh, New York at Bowery Electric next week. And then the shows in Florida. Um, I am excited for how excited you are. And not only that, I'm Googling over here because I'm like, how is he has means daughter? Because I know me has means daughter. <laughs> I'm over here like Googling this. Um, oh my gosh, Aaron, I am so stoked for you to go play Florida. I have interviewed so many musicians over just the past year that come out of Florida. So many up and coming musicians, so many there's just so much personality out of there. They, they, they have a real cool um, scene going on over there. So I'm, I'm real excited to go down there and, uh, you know, make some noise down there and, and get mix it up with these younger, you know, energetic, like, like fun bands, like um, doing similar stuff that we're doing, you know, and, you know, I, I, it's kind of cool because we got a little bit more of like a, a New York flavor, I guess. And, and, uh, it, so it's a little different, like, but but it's gonna mix up well. And um, I gotta shout out my my homies too, who's a liaison to uh, making a lot of this stuff happen. Is the capturers? I I also play percussion uh, on the side with with, with a reggae group uh, called the Capturers here in New York. And a couple of them came from the Miami scene. That's my connection uh, to the big scandal in Fuacata. Uh, the bass player just moved up to New York, Ryan, and um, he, he moved up to, to be full-time with the Capturers, but he comes from, uh, uh, he played with both those bands or one of those bands, and uh, um, the Capturers making some noise up here too. It's more of a straight-up reggae vibe with some people from the punk rock scene. Uh, Jules is an amazing singer from Babe Patrol, um, and uh, a couple of the members are from a band that we played with we're actually doing, uh, we gigged with them out in Jersey. We're doing another show with them on 420 here in New York. Um, the Hub City Stompers, another great, like, legendary Jersey ska band. Sally May in the building. Sally. Sally, Sally, Sally. We are a huge <laughs> fan of Sally here on the Sunshine Show. That's what's uh, up. All right, guys, we are going to start wrapping this up. We have been going long and strong. That's what she said. Not all the time, though. Yeah, you beat me to it. We have been going long and strong here for about an hour and some change. So if you guys have any last-minute questions for the one and only White Owl of Butterbrain, um, please drop them there in the comments, and um, I will get to them. But if we don't have any more questions, we're going to start getting the fuck out of here. Uh, I, I do have one last question for you, though. Yes. Um, well, and then we have Daniel's question because he did get into the allotted time before I had the cutoff. So actually, let's take Daniel's question and then we will take mine. Right. Uh, how'd you get into playing the drums? The drums? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I don't, did, did my drum set sneak it into there? Wait, no, was, you said you played drums with the reggae group. Oh. Um, <laughs> We're just all psychic here. Okay? I, I was like, damn. Uh, well, percussion, not drums. I play. So a uh, very good question. It's, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, Felipe from the Capturers, who kind of spearheads that group, 
um, asked me, he, he, he actually called me up to see if I want to play bass. And I told him, man, I, I'm right in the middle of recording Butterbrain. I got a lot on my plate. I don't know. Send me the tunes. Uh, he got the vibe that I wasn't like really down. I got to the songs like three or four days later. He, he had emailed them to me. I missed them. And I listened. I was like, oh, this shit sounds great. So I called him back and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm really digging it. He was like, well, I already got somebody on bass. He's like, do you play percussion? And I was like, uh, well, I've played percussion at parties and like been told I'm like kind of a natural and shit. But, you know, I, I, I don't really I've never played in the band. He's like, well, we have a rehearsal tomorrow. We don't have a percussion player. You want to come down and, and play percussion? You know, even if it doesn't work, we, we need a guy tomorrow. I said, fuck it. I'll come down halfway into the into the rehearsal. Like, you're our percussion player. I was like, all right, done deal. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah, dude. Those are the kind of gigs I like. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It, it's a very fun and easy gig for me. Butterbrain takes a lot of my uh, energy and and uh, is, is my own baby. Uh, in that pro in, in the captures, Felipe is the one that's kind of like uh, spearheading it and Jules. Uh, so I, I, I really, I'm like kind of like just come in, play some bongos, smile and, and have fun. It's a fun fucking gig for me. Oh, <laughs> I love that. All right, let's see next question from Mr. Jeffro. Oh my gosh, he's still in the chat. Wow. Wow, race fist propaganda. We, we, held his we held his attention because he's usually not not he usually would have ducked out by now, probably. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh <laughs> no, nah, you know we love you, Jeffy. He says, uh, are you DJing with me and Angelo at Beauty Bar? Well, I, I'm very new to the vinyl game, but but fuck yeah, count me in, man. I, I I'll step up my uh my DJs, because I would love to. Maybe give me like a short, you know, half hour, hour. I won't step on you guys' toes, but I would love to. Yeah. Very nice. And I want to know who is this on your arm here? Oh, that's my uncle, Uncle Dickie. Tell me about Uncle Dickie. Well, Uncle Dickie was a, was a big musical inspiration to me. Um, uh, he had his battles with uh, addiction issues, uh, drugs and alcohol, and. Uh, he ended up, uh, unfortunately, committing suicide at the age of 60. Oh. He was the original black sheep of the family, and he passed that uh, torch on to me. And he used to live with the road manager for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and, uh, and the Blues Brothers and, and a couple other like big acts. So he brought me to my first concert, uh, Bruce Springsteen, um, at age nine. He, he brought my brother at like when I was like like eight or something. And my brother was five years old. So my mom let him go. He was 13. She wouldn't let me go. And he came back with an autograph of like Rick Sorrell, the catcher from the Yankees, Penny Marshall, like Laverne and Shirley. Oh, like, my mom look at me. I, I, I met Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. I met fucking New York Yankees. And I was like, fuck. So I made such a big stink about it that my mom said, all right, you you can go to the next one, and but I, my my mother went with me, and uh, she's actually going to be out. She says she's coming to the to the show in Florida, the West Palm Bar. I just spit all over my computer screen, but uh, <laughs> hey, everybody at home, and let's all spit together. Well, that's it's Uncle Dicky. Hey, rest in peace, Uncle Dicky. Will you be dedicating an album in the future soon, or have you already done so? 
Um, wow, that's fucking pretty, pretty heavy. Um, one of the songs he kind of already done so it was kind of like a, a a tribute to him and and my brother um it was inspired by the death of both they both passed a couple of years apart um and you know it, they both they, two of my you know uh, biggest male figures like growing up um musical inspirations and uh so the song chasing ghosts on the butterbrain ep okay. is dedicated to them um and uh you know the song in the video. You could stream it. It's, it's from the the Butterbrain the EP, and it was remade the, uh, into a rap version by the rapper Slain, um, and he did a, a version a version of Chasing Ghosts. Kind of took the hook and turned it into a rap. Um, so he honored them by doing that as well. Oh, beautiful! Uh, everybody, I, I hope. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I would like to make one plug. If Do okay. whatever you would like. We we, we have uh, you know it, please follow us at Butterbrain uh, NYC Instagram on IG and we also have a new Bandcamp page. It's uh, uh, Butterbrain One, the number one Butterbrain One dot Bandcamp dot com, where uh, we kind of set that up as a one stop shop for a uh, a whole musical catalog, um, physical CDs, digital downloads. And most importantly, um, uh, our, our T-shirts, most of them designed by Sally. We have the raised fist design. Um, and so all our, our music and merch can now be found on our Bandcamp page, um, butterbrain1.bandcamp.com. Boom! You heard it here first, folks, on the Sunshine Show with the one and only White Owl of Butterbrain, former basis for Murphy's Law. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. This is a legend here on the screen, taking time out of his day to hang out with us. Are you blessed? Yes, you are. Every day you wake up in the morning, baby, you are blessed. Sunshine. <laughs> who I am. <laughs> I am so stoked. You made my Sunday. You completed my weekend and please come back on again and please continue to come back on. Please continue to do you inspiring the tons, the thousands of hundreds of thousands of people out there that are looking at you for inspiration. And Hey, Hey, no pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime sunshine. It's an absolute blessing and I'm grateful and, and privileged to, to share time with you. I love kicking it with you. you got a beautiful soul and I love what you're all about. I love your show. I'm I'm starting to watch some of the back ones with Billy Sheehan and uh and and Cooley Ranks and uh you, you you thank you for doing what you do and giving artists like me and Butterbrain uh a place to 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 share what we do. Your home, Mikasa and Sukasa. Back at you, babe. <laughs> all right, all right, baby. On three, bring it. Oh, actually, <laughs> I was about to wrap this up without concluding with my conclusion don can you please let me know who's coming up next or do you know you may not ah, tomorrow dylan garcia all right guys make sure to hop on over same bat time same bat channel amazing singer songwriter dylan garcia out of califas will be joining us tomorrow night until then guys make sure to go follow butterbrain white owl sally made the whole shebang bang maddie pasta they're all putting their hearts and souls into this music, 
and you don't have to do a damn thing if you don't want to. You don't want to buy the album? Fine, but go follow them on Spotify. Go follow them on Instagram. Go follow them on the socials. It's a free way that you can support these artists that are putting their hearts and souls out there for your entertainment. All right, I said it, and I'll stop. Until next time, guys, make sure to be kind to the people around you. You never know the battles people are facing. Try to keep a smile on your face and stay safe out there. It's a dangerous fucking world. And buy the Butter Brain EP up. Sapiosexual. <laughs> hey. All right, on three, let's say bye. You ready? Bye bye, guys. Thank I you said, so much. I said on three. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres. Bye. bye. <laughs>